everyone, this is Jeff Ashkin in Los Angeles, California with Roy Cole in Jersey City, New Jersey and Derek Kessler in Yokohama, Japan. And this is Coast to Coast to Coast, part two of our discussion about our hometown of Boca Raton, Florida. Enjoy. I have a couple of uh, lightning round questions about Boca. So okay, would you guys recommend Boca Raton as a place to visit for travelers? No. Uh, what, uh, no, I would say well, no, but what are they looking for? You know what I mean? Are they looking for a place to relax? Then maybe, you know, it's a very sweet. Are they looking to visit their, their relatives? <laughs> their old relatives? <laughs> exactly. Like, yeah. like, what are they going there for? Well, the reason I, I mentioned that is because once I was traveling in Europe and I picked up a guidebook um, in German, there was a page, I, I just flipped through it, it was a guidebook about traveling in the United States, and there was a page dedicated to Boca Raton. And it was so strange to see our town in a guidebook. And, and I was just, I was like kind of perplexed as to what you would recommend to someone visiting. And so I guess... What did I they recommend I, in, in the guidebook? I, in German, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say if you like boating, if you like the Everglades, if you like things about Florida and South Florida, if you like maybe Cuban cuisine, you know, that kind of stuff. That would be something. Or yes, golf. But, golf is yeah, big but the, yeah. the caveat to that is I, I agree that those are interesting things to visit, but I think if you're looking for a place to relax and maybe some like tr uh, traditional – Florida culture, I would recommend going to Key West. If you're looking to just a, a place to just kick back and relax and do nothing, I think something like a place like Marco Island on the West Coast of Florida would be better. If you're looking for something that's kind of more cultural or Caribbean culture or Cuban culture, I think Miami is better. If you want to do something fun, you can go to Orlando and visit the theme parks there. If you want to do something um, more Na like nature oriented then you can go to the everglades you don't necessarily have to go to boca raton for that and then and then there's viscaya which is a probably one of the only historical monuments in florida that's in south florida that's worth visiting which which is in miami so yeah. there's also the space center um which isn't you know it's in cape canaveral so it's like there's a lot of things like from a traveler's perspective um, I guess I've come to realize that there are some interesting things in Florida that you could visit, but I don't think any of them are specific to Boca Raton. The reason I go to Boca Raton is to visit my family, just like Will was saying. And I think if my family didn't live in Boca Raton, I wouldn't really go back for any specific reason. Yeah. I know what you mean. I feel like there's something about it that on a good day, it's just like I said, to me, it's like a sleepy town where... I don't feel like the world is going to, uh, uh, there's not going to be like, I don't think there's many protests going on in Boca right now. I don't think there's a lot of things going on in Boca. Well, I think anything's going on in Boca. But aside from the world events going on right now, I feel like it's still a bit of a bubble. And I can see maybe staying there for a little while, but not living there. Now, it could change when we get older. I mean, if we're in our 60s or 70s, I wonder if it'll be more of an appealing place when we're at that, at that age. The interesting thing, though, I, for a long time, I really disliked the fact that Boca Raton or South Florida was my hometown. 
And it wasn't until after I moved to Japan and lived here for a certain number of years and had so many people ask me where I was from. And I would say, oh, I'm from Florida, you know, nothing interesting. And then so many people responded with like, wow, what a great place to, to grow up. That must be, <laughs> wow, you're so lucky. Uh, and it's it's hot all the time. Go to Disney World every day. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they, they made me realize the the good things about Boca, which actually, I mean, a lot of parts of the world are cold. And that's something that we never experienced growing up. And I never thought of, the only thing I thought of was like, man, it's hot and humid every single day. There's no snow. It's like, it's terrible. That's the way I yeah. thought of it. But like. But you get gumbo limbo. You know, <laughs> you get gumbo limbo. Yeah, I mean, if you're in a, if you live in a place that's like very cold with a lot of snow, people would consider South Florida to be paradise, and that's something that I didn't realize until much later in my life. I just want to say, gumbo limbo is a section, a uh, section. It's a park in Florida where it it basically focuses on a lot of the marine life and the Everglades. As a child, I think we all, I speak for us when I say we all hated it because it was always really hot and there was like nothing really that interesting for us as kids. As an adult, I think maybe I would appreciate it more, but I don't know. I, I, I didn't really care for it as a child as much as I think a, the, the teachers wanted us to. Yeah, I, th I think the word park is used very loosely here. <laughs> uh, it's really, it's just a bunch of trees and, the nature like a, Center. and a gift yeah. shop. <laughs> and uh and they called it a park they actually don't call it a park yeah they call it like a and, nature center yeah i should say it's uh, a nature center which is like any any time you're outside that's a nature center right you're outdoors. <laughs> they're just like this area doesn't have any label yet we'll call it a nature center it's and funny you say that because I, I just i just pulled up a, a list of things to do in boca gumbo <laughs> limbo is number two behind meisner park and it says here Gumbo Limbo, hours to spend, two hours. <laughs> this is kind of funny. Like yeah. at the maximum, yeah. Kind of Meisner Park, uh, interesting fact about Meisner Park. Um, do you know that, you remember that restaurant Max's Grill? Yeah. That uh, Max's Grill is named after the father of Tucker Max, who oh, no wrote that book, uh, I Hope They Serve Beer in Hell. And uh, was famous. He was like one of the first kind of internet social media celebrities because he had a blog about his exploits, mostly with women. And um, and yeah, Max's Grill was his was his father. Like his father opened the restaurant and owned it. Um, mm. So an interesting tidbit about Meisner the other, Park. The other, uh, you know, Meisner Park is named after Addison Meisner. Who, I mean, this is a little bit of Boca history, which I didn't know really grow. I wasn't really, I was kind of oblivious to it growing up. But like, there's an architect named Addison Meisner who kind of was instrumental in incorporating Boca Raton because he built these kind of like luxury uh, hotels and brought people, brought wealthy people in. And that, that was the start of the town. And so the most downtown part of Boca Raton is named after him, which is Meisner Park. And Meisner Park is a nice area. It's a nice open uh, uh, area where you can see a concert. Uh, Derek and I went to go see the White Stripes there. 
<laughs> I was there too, by the way. I was at that concert. Yeah, where are you? I don't remember either. Exactly. I remember when it was a different group of people or that something. Was there, yeah. It was, um, it was, we, we came, it was funny. The White Stripes came to, to Boca Raton and I was like, what's, who's managing? Why? Like, why did they come to Boca Raton? Like, it was just so weird to have them come. To Boca Raton. And then uh, the Black Keys and Beck came shortly yeah. after that. And I was like, what is Beck doing in Boca Raton? <laughs> I also well, I saw think... the Smashing Pumpkins at, at Meisner Park Amphitheater. Oh, no way. Cool. Yeah. I, I was going to say, though, maybe, you know, we, we say that, but maybe Jack White want to check out Gumbo Limbo. I mean, you don't know. <laughs> um, pretty, highly doubt that. <laughs> well, I mean, sometimes I think when a band goes to tour on, on a particular city, you know, they're, they're not completely focusing on the concert all day, you know, for the few days they're there. Maybe they go sightsee a little bit, and maybe Boca was a, a relaxing retreat. No, I, don't I, don't I don't think Jack White was looking at the gumbo trees too much. <laughs> okay. did, he, uh, did he have any, um, like, concert banter where he mentioned Boca? Did he go like, what's up, yeah. Boca Raton? Did he, say he, did, that? he did, actually. He said, hello, Boca Raton, home of John Wayne. Yeah, <laughs> you remember that? Yeah, I do yeah. remember that. Yeah, I remember that too. Yeah, yeah. And I was but like, "That's not true, is it?" That's not no, true. completely not. I think he just said that to make a joke, you know. <laughs> and then he, and then uh, Meg White got sick, so he did an encore just by himself, and he was still awesome. But uh, maybe she was tired from the heat. I mean, we don't know. <laughs> I mean, it gets the thing about the Boca Raton, and I'd say a lot of South Florida. You know, the joke is that oh, it's not the heat; it's the humidity. It does get sweltering you will walk outside you will get hot and your body will get covered with your sweat and you'll feel like you're like have this you know uh blanket of 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 uh you know sweaty water on you and it's really uncomfortable everyone every house i think i've ever been to had a ceiling fan and in the summer everyone's fan was on like i would sleep with the fan on all night long but the uh you the know? upside to that is that there's nowhere to walk around in boca raton anyway so right. like, there's no point in being outside getting sweaty because right. there's nothing to do. So. Well, that's, yes, that's the thing. Like, I, well, we grew up, we all grew up in developments. We, you, had, you had a neighborhood street and a collection of neighborhood streets and a development. And then you drove out of the development and you went to a plaza where all the businesses were. And where I live in Los Angeles, <laughs> you know. Separated by miles. Yeah. Miles, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yes. That's, that's something right. that I think for us it's easy to imagine. But like here in Japan, like, there, there are probably one or two thousand restaurants that I can walk to from my house, right? And that's something that, like, yeah, in Los Angeles, well, Los Angeles, you know, you kind of need a car to navigate Los Angeles too. There's some, yeah, but there's some areas where you can you can walk, yes, and especially where I live. I live over in Studio City, and we, my wife and I, can walk to uh, a lot of shops on Ventura Boulevard. A lot of restaurants and stuff is in walking distance. But for you, Roy, too, you probably have that in Jersey, right? Yeah, yeah, I can walk to, yeah, yeah. like 100, 200 restaurants within five minutes. That's something you can't get in Boca Raton. Not at all. The, you know? the, the other things that I never realized were part of life growing up in Boca Raton, besides uh, snow, which I kind of thought was a lie for most of my life because I couldn't imagine <laughs> snow falling until I saw it in Japan my first winter here when I was like 22. Um, nice. The ability to style your hair was something <laughs> that I mm. never knew was a possibility. 
because it gets too humid in Florida. Yeah, the humidity just uh, the second whatever you whatever gel or mousse you put in your hair after about a half hour in the humidity, you're gonna have this ball of um, maybe even doesn't take a half hour, but like the point is, once you're outside for any given amount of time, like anything you did to your hair is gonna be ruined. Right. That's accurate. As a <laughs> as a curly haired person, uh, I suffered harshly. Yeah. Can we uh, can we take some time to talk about things we like about Boca Raton? Please, I'm glad you brought that up. I want to hear. <laughs> well, okay, I'll I'll start by mentioning that I was a big fan of Shadowwood Movie Theater. Ooh, uh, I worked there. Yeah, yeah, you worked there. That's right. Yeah. Uh, which um did play the mainstream movies, but it also played a lot of indie movies. It's basically where you went to in South in Florida to watch indie movies, if that was your thing. And it's like it's kind of crazy because really the only place playing indie movies was like New York, like the big cities. Yeah. And then Boca Raton, Florida. (laughs) Like like if you didn't live in a big city, you couldn't really watch these indie movies in a theater, except for this one movie theater in Boca Raton that had them. And uh, I do fondly recall, I'm sure you guys remember an experience where the three of us saw the movie Spellbound. I was about to mention that. Um, (laughs) Not only do I remember that, uh, I remember the comment Roy made when we bought our tickets to the concession (laughs) lady. It was a girl. She was probably working, you know, she was probably like a college student or high school student or whatever. And and Roy says, uh, Three tickets for Spellbound. And she starts to get the tickets, and Roy says, I heard this movie has good special effects. <laughs> and she, she says, uh, I don't, she was like, generally, she had no idea how to respond. And then like, I'm just kidding. <laughs> for those who don't know, Spellbound is a documentary about the National Spelling Bee. I think it actually was nominated for best documentary that year. I think you're right. Yeah, I think you're right. (laughs) It was really good. (laughs) Yeah, I enjoyed it. Do you remember, first, we were the only three people in the theater that were watching it. Do you remember that at some point in the movie, uh, somebody actually walked into the theater to take a phone call because they figured that the theater was empty? Because I, I guess it, it looked empty from the outside. Uh, and then they were like, oh, shit, someone's in here. And then they walked back out. But, uh, I don't remember the phone call. I, I just remember y- your comment about special effects. And I remember... I I actually remember really enjoying the documentary. That's awesome. Hey, guys, um, yeah, remember, that way, I had a quick question. Do you remember what was in front of the that theater? Before borders came, you remember? Um, this was many years ago. We're talking like late eighties, early nineties. Actually, probably just late eighties. Do you remember? Uh, when I, when you when you say when you say it, I'll probably. Uh, you mean well, we're on the remember. corner that was on the corner? Yes, where where borders and now Old Navy is. Even though I don't know if Old Navy's still there now, but um, there was a there was a plaza, and there was several stores. There was a pet shop. There was a pet there was, store. There was an arcade. There, there was an arcade, yeah. There was yeah. Uh, a lot of different little shops. There was a place called Pizza USA. 
<laughs> Pizza Hut. And I remember we, I would go there, and I was a little kid at the time, but I remember there was that. There was no Publix across the street. There was no plaza there. And Mission Bay, across the street from that, had just opened up. And it was just interesting because, you know, in retrospect, we see Boca as, as kind of this, you know, like I said, a sleepy town that has a lot of golf courses and houses and chain restaurants. But when I, when, when I first moved there in, in, the, uh, in 85, I think I was, um, in 85, it was actually more farmland. A lot of, lot of, lot of um, uh, farms and, you know, you go strawberry picking. You, go, you still could go strawberry picking. A lot of forests. It was much different. And I, I feel like it's when you think about it, more, what? Yeah, it's definitely not a lot more developed. When I go back, um, yeah. there are parts that are, in my mind, like it's farmland or just hills or grass. And now when I go, it's like, oh, it's like a new plaza. Exactly. And I feel like it, it's, I don't think, if you, I don't think many people will ever see it that way, but it almost, it almost, it feels more, like I said, like more of like this, you know, colorful, uh, uh, sunny city, but it, it was more of a, of farmland. And, and like, I think the main road was just Glades Road. Glades Road went to I-95 and that was it. There's like one main road, Glades, and that's how you got out of town. But then of course, I mean, the other places too, but I'm just saying that it's become something else. And I don't think if, if you didn't grow up there, I don't think you have that impression of it though. I don't know if you guys still have, I don't know if you guys have the impression as well, but I, that's how I kind of thought as a little kid. And then obviously it, it grew from there. So, you want to anyway. hear a sad story about that arcade in Shadowwood? Please. Of course. Uh, this happened when I was, I think seven years old. Uh, my parents, uh, they wanted to hang out together my parents without me i don't know do whatever adults do and uh so they dropped me off at shadowwood plaza to hang out at the arcade for like two three hours uh you know so they could go off on their own and so they dropped me off and drove away and when i got to the arcade uh it was gone like it had closed down (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and there was nothing in the arcade and this was i was seven so this would have been like 1991 so obviously wow. i didn't have there's no cell phones right no beepers i guess they were beepers but i didn't have a beeper um nothing so i couldn't contact them and there was no arcade and i did i was like a seven-year-old alone and i didn't wow. know what to do and uh, i ended up walking around shadowwood plaza for like three hours until my parents came back and they were like, how is the arcade? <laughs> I was like, it's closed. <laughs> like, what? Oh, and then they asked kind of an obvious, first they felt really sorry and, and felt guilty. But then they asked, well, why didn't you go see a movie at Shadowwood? And I was like, oh, I didn't think about that. And <laughs> but like the movie theater was still there, but I didn't think to go see a movie. That's sad. Uh, <laughs> a good uh, indication of the constantly changing. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. The ephemeral nature of uh, arcades. I have I have a good story and a sad story, but I don't know which. No, I have a good story. I don't have a, like a, like a wait, not a great wait, story. Uh, but, before you do stories, yeah. uh, I have a couple things about Boca Raton that I like that I want to talk about. Go ahead, please. Um, I had Shadowwood on my list as well. Um, there's something about the, it, it was a cool hangout spot when we were young. 
Um, there's also, let's not forget Murakami. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. Which is a Japanese, which actually, you know, this is, I, having no idea that I was going to live in Japan at some point in my life. I was, I was still drawn to Murakami when I was growing up. And it's, what you have is this, out of nowhere, this Japanese, like, expansive area, which is just Japanese gardens in the middle of Boca Raton, which is strange. And then there's also Yamato Road, which is a, you know, Yamato is a Japanese word, which is the ancient name of Japan before it was called Japan. And uh, you wonder why it's part of the town. And it's because there is actually a Japanese population before World War II, which came and they were, they had like a, they were doing farming and the land got confiscated during World War II. And um, they have, if you go to Murakami, there's a part of the museum that explains the history, which it's kind of weird that you have that in, in Boca Raton, given, you know, that has nothing to do with Japan aside from that. Um, Can I be a, a wet blanket for a second? Mm-hmm. Sure. So I just, I Googled Murakami just to check out their website. And the address is in Delray Beach, Florida. Oh. So, okay. but okay. it is quite close to. Okay. I mean, it's basically Boca Raton. Yeah, all right. Technically so, not. Nothing good. In- <laughs> <laughs> that was, that was the only thing you had, and it's not in Boca. Yeah. No. Yeah. Okay. It's in Delray, technically. So it's it's one city north of us, but uh, technically, I mean, it was close enough to be part of our grow our uh, upra- upraising. Is that a word? Upbringing. Up, upbringing. Part of our upbringing. But um, the other thing I have to say, and this is something, again, I never, I didn't realize until I moved away, was the beaches. I mean, yeah. there's great beaches in Boca, and that's we. I, I took that for granted because we went to the beach all the time. We could go every weekend. Um, and uh, in other parts of the world, you know, that's something that most people would love to have. So... You got to say, you got to give the credit for having, you know, great beaches. And we grew up so close to the beach. Yeah. I'm not a huge fan of the beach. So. <laughs> Neither am I. Just because I think I, I went so many times, I kind of got tired of it. But I miss the beach. I hate the beach. No. Anyway, um, um, I'll tell you a quick story, though, I think is kind of interesting. Um, one of the reasons why I, I and I was going to say, like, I'm with Roy in the sense that I, I think Derek mentioned this too. Like I do have fond memories of growing up in Boca Raton. I, I, I had a great childhood. I really did. And, and I still have my childhood friends, as you can see from this podcast. I'm very proud to say that. And I think Boca is, is not, always the main, not, not the main reason, but one of the reasons why I have my friends, because uh, we all happen to be in the same spot. I went to the University of Miami, which is a perfectly decent college in America. It's like, I think it's in the top 50 colleges. And when I got to college, I assumed that everyone would be smart because it was college. And um, yeah, I was wrong. Like, I I was surprised to realize that, like, by far, the smarter, the smartest people I ever met were basically you guys. From high and and a few other people from high school who I I'm still friends with, um, but yeah, when I got to college, like the intelligence level actually went down, and and part of that is is like who we hung out with or who I hung out with because we hung out with each other, um, 
but when I got to University of Miami, people like you guys did not exist there. Like I could not find people to have conversations with uh, in the same vein that I have conversations with you guys. And I don't want to knock everyone there because I, I do. I did meet some good people at at Miami eventually, but but by and large, um, yeah, the, it, it was um, very unintelligent people, and, and it was surprising because I figured like college, like obviously this would filter out uh, the dum dums, and I'd be left with smart people, and and it was actually the opposite. It, it was like a, a a consistent level of mediocrity that I was constantly surrounded with. And uh, I was surprised because I, I felt like high school, there was more diversity in, in that. There, there were, you know, the, the not bright people, but, but then there were exceptionally bright people. Um, whereas when I got to college, it was all like a, a plateau of intelligence. And, and I was surprised. Yeah, all of us, I think, did really well in school. We were all like, like the, the top percentile at our high school. I think, Roy, you were like, you should have been salutatorian. Oh, really? I was Valuable. killing it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, was, but someone else had more activities to their name, and uh, that's how she got top award. But you should. Have. Yeah. Well, without without name dropping, like it's funny because the way you got a higher um, GPA was by taking AP classes, and mm. and so the people who finished ahead of me loaded up on AP classes a little more than I did, uh, mm. but then they didn't really pass their AP exams. <laughs> Uh, but they still got the credit because they got A's in the classes, mm. so they ended up with higher GPAs. But, but like that shouldn't count if you don't pass the exam. Anyway, I'm not bitter or anything. Uh, <laughs> Actually, I'll tell you. I want to tell you a funny. I'll say. I'll want to tell a funny story. But piggybacking off what you're saying, because I think it has to be said. I was in AP courses with Roy. I well, I was in English uh, AP in in eleventh and twelfth grade with you, right? I think we had the same teacher. Yeah, McKnight. And, anyway, uh, Legrand. Legrand. And in I, I didn't do, I didn't do that well in uh, English in actually twelfth grade. In fact, I believe I got pretty much A's and B's, but I actually don't think I passed uh, my AP English exam. But with that said, though, the day that I was taking the AP exam, I wasn't doing well. I just I knew I wasn't doing well. I just I don't know. I just either wasn't into it, or I wasn't passing it, or whatever. The across the very same day that I was failing this English exam for literature across town a high school was performing a play I had written. So a work of my own had been, was being performed and I wasn't doing well on a literature exam. I find that very amusing. So anyway. And today they have your play on the AP exam. <laughs> exactly. And, on it. and everyone groans when they see it and they're like, oh, I don't want to read this stuff. <laughs> this guy sucks. No. I feel like we all stayed together and we all had very high in intellect and we all, like I said, we all had very progressive uh, um, ideals, I feel like. To a certain extent, I think we kind of had this bubble. Do you think that Boca Raton, growing up in Boca Raton, made you funnier? Uh, I think it's us. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I'll, I'll take the credit. I, just, I find Boca Raton such a comically absurd place that... Yeah, but most, people, most people aren't aren't picking up on that and so yeah, you know, that's a I good point most most people we grew up with you know i don't know i don't necessarily have the same sense of humor as us let's say that do you guys have anything you want to recommend this week a book a movie an album anything like that 
I, I do. Please. Um, so, to jump right into it, I would recommend the album Sports by Huey Lewis and the News. <laughs> Are you going to say the monologue from um, American Psycho now? No, I know what you're talking about, Christian Bale's monologue, right? Yeah. No, um, I'm not. I And this isn't um, a joke or anything, but I guess growing up in the 90s and going through college in the 2000s and um, having like my dad, who is mostly in, you know, grew up on 60s, 70s music. For me, like the 80s is kind of like the most difficult era of music to get into and i've discussed before like you know i recently got into the 80s uh you know queen's catalog from the 80s and stuff like that but um to me like 80s has always been a very strange uh year for music for me but um i guess recently i've warmed up to it and i come to realize that uh the album sports by huey lewis in the news is pretty good piece of uh work and uh came out in 1983 year i was born so it's kind of weird to to go back to that time and enjoy the music that was around during that time. But um, yeah, I guess it's it's come to not sound. I guess lame is the word that I would usually describe music from the eighties because it just it was so foreign to me. But it doesn't seem like that. It doesn't sound like that to me anymore. No, I love that album. I think there's a lot of great songs on there. I think the hard rock and roll and heart and soul, like they're all like upbeat, feel good songs. I feel, you know, when, uh, when sports came out in 83, I think they really came into their own commercially and artistically. (laughs) The whole album has a clear crisp sound and a new sheen of consumer consummate professionalism that really gives the songs a big boost. Uh, he's been compared to Elvis Costello, but I think Huey has a far more bitter, cynical sense of humor. That's a good observation, Roy. <laughs> or should I say, should I say uh, Bateman? <laughs> I know you said in that monologue. And that's uh, shortly guys, after he uh, axes the guy in the head. Now, Derek, you, you recall that I Want a New Drug mm-hmm. sounds a lot like the Ghostbusters theme. So much yeah, so that... Lost. I, I didn't know this. Um, Again, I'm I was largely detached from '80s music, um, just because it was a little. It was like just before the, the time that we were interested in music. But um, yeah, looking up, but yeah, they, they had the lawsuit with Ray uh, Parker Ray Jr. Jr. Yeah, and yeah. Um, he's, he's <laughs> it's it's a mess. Like Huey Lewis, so I want a new drug. Yeah, one of the probably the best song on sports. Um, kind of sounds like the Ghostbusters theme. Huey Lewis sued him, and then they weren't supposed to talk about the lawsuit. And I think Huey Lewis discussed it, so he got countersued. It's like this big, big issue. But oh, but so funny. The revenge is that Huey Lewis ended up getting really successful off of Back to the Future. So it all worked out because he ended up in an even better movie. No, <laughs> no. Okay. I, I think that um, I think that when I think of Huey Lewis in the news, to me, I feel like the ultimate '80s pop band. Right, you know, one of the ultimate names, pop band, I should say, but um, yeah, no, I think it's a great album, and I'm glad you're recommending it to people who may not have heard it. Thanks for joining us today. If you have a question or a comment, please email us at coast to coast to coast podcast at gmail.com. That's coast the number two, coast the number two, and then coast podcast at gmail.com. Join us next week for the final part of our discussion 
about Boca Raton, Florida.